Greetings and welcome to another round of Master Phil in Your Corner. This podcast is episode number 84, and we're going to be discussing recovering from injuries. Today we have a special guest, Kyle Brown. He's from Rapid Harmony, and that's an organization that focuses on self-mastery for heart-centered entrepreneurs. So after we go through our commercials, and I do my shameless plugs, we'll get into the We'll get into the really nitty and gritty when it comes down to this. And uh, you guys are definitely going to come away with some better knowledge here. So uh, philross.com, of course, you know, go there for your virtual training, certifications and kettlebells, body weight, defensive tactics, and so forth. Uh, we have the body bell method. It's the world's only kettlebell body weight and dynamic tension certification based on a minimalist approach to strength, health, and fitness. And we carry both ACE and NASM continuing education credits. And they're listed, the, uh, the certifications are listed on their respective sites. Uh, we have uh, products for training. We have uh, dragondoor.com. Definitely click on the link that appears on the podcast URL, which is masterfillinyourcorner.com. Uh, we also have Fit Team for products for health and wellness, food, vitamins, uh, shakes, and so forth. Burnalong.com. Actually, my wife and I are both featured there. And uh, if you go on to the Master Phil in Your Corner website, you'll be able to click on a special discount link to join us with over 2,000 other instructors. And you got to click on that link to get that special code. And the P3 Training Group, plan, prepare, protect. Are you and your family and your company prepared when trouble finds you? Come check us out. Uh, health is a wealth. Got to get involved here. This is a health, fitness, and wellness platform. Uh, read blogs, watch videos, take surveys with medical, health, educational professionals, all for free. And this is a virtual platform for community outreach. Speaking engagements and coaching through Professional Speakers Bureau and the International uh, uh, Professional Speakers Bureau International and Z Winning Mindset. Come check me out. I'm one of the presenters and coaches on these sites. We also have Pay-Per-View Flicks, the owners of Warrior Island. We've launched a fitness and wellness video training platform as well. So all my education will be available here too. Oh, just real quick. Uh, we're filming another episode of Warrior's Island. And guess who's going to be the featured trainer? This bald guy. So if you want... If you want to get involved in the podcast, you know, definitely check us out. If you want to get, uh, if you want to be a sponsor, come hit us up and join us. Okay, enough about me, enough about my shameless plugs. Let's get into this. There's, I mean, injuries, getting hurt. I mean, you know, if you work out, you train, you compete, it's going to happen. So what are we going to do about these injuries? Kyle, tell us a little bit about your background, more in depth. And then we're going to take it away. Go ahead. Absolutely. Well, first off, thanks, Phil, for letting me uh, come join you today. And hopefully everybody listening at home gets some great insight. And yeah, so my background as far as fitness and athletics, I got into lifting weights at six years old. <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, my dad was the town eye doctor. My oldest brother was eight years older than me. So he was lifting weights at, you know, 14 and we had a punching bag. My grandfather had boxed and we had the old school sand weights down in the basement. 
That's what so, I started with. Yes. So sand weights, super old school, the punching bags that you lightly tap and your knuckles start bleeding. Right. And <laughs> Tony Robbins on tape. So I got into a lot of this stuff super, super early. And I yeah. joke that my dad was into biohacking way in the day because uh, he would sell blue blockers and factories to factory workers for blue blocking the light out. Yeah, 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 yeah. As I mean, we're talking back in the early 80s. So a lot of these things have just been innate for me. And one of the first ever books I ever read was bodybuilding. Now, I'm not genetically which, oh, I'm built. Which bodybuilding book did you read? Haha, <laughs> great call. So... I was a huge fan of Franco Colombo, Arnold's old buddy. So Franco is just a beast. And I will say there's great insight in the book. It's one of the first books I ever read as a kid, probably like eight years old. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, you know, through the eyes of an Italian bodybuilding man. So confidence he did not lack, let's just say. So uh, <laughs> rest in peace. He was uh, yeah. he was brilliant, but I just looked at that physique and I'm like, I wanna look like that. I wanna feel like that. I want that raging confidence. I was a pretty shy kid and I you know, used weights to really manage my mind. It's fantastic. See, th that, that's the thing you know, that, that, that people don't really have a great appreciation for is how much your physicality can improve your mindset. You know, yes. when you're in shape, when you're strong, you feel good about yourself. This bleeds into other areas of life and then and opens you up to be successful in many different areas. It's so integrated and what resistance training does, even just the physiology and hormonally to your mind is it's incredible. You just feel like a different person post-workout. It's like a car wash for your mind. It's yeah. beautiful. Remember, I just told you, I just finished working out with my nephew, right? Yeah. It's a total stud. Uh, we just did a sick workout. I feel awesome right now. You know, we got, uh, you know, we have a heavy bag in my gym in the garage, speed bag, kettlebells, barbells. We have a, a, a cross core. It's like a TRX on steroids. So yes. we strength and then hitting the bag after that. We did like two hour workout. It was awesome. I feel phenomenal right now. So I absolutely. Mean, you know, I, di I didn't shower, so I mean, I hope I don't smell too much for the audience today. But. <laughs> the beauty of Zoom is we can't <laughs> tell. <laughs> so, so now, um, you know, the, the thing that happens is that when we're training, whether it be through maybe poor technique, overdoing it, or if you're doing a sport, you can get injured because there are many factors that are out of your control. Um, now, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've had eight surgeries hmm. okay uh you know if you go I, I broke my nose four times not too much you know about that i had my neck operated on i just recently had my elbow done i tore the uh, tore the tendon off the bone um knees ankle twice i shattered my ankle um a couple other things too <laughs> but um <laughs> But now coming back from injury, because these things, any of these things could really stop you. You know, I mean, I had a trilateral break, break 10 screws in a five inch plate, in my left leg. And it was tough to come back from that. Um, so let's talk about what are some of the things that a person can do? Let's, let's pick an injury, like let's say shoulder, back, whatever you want to pick. And we'll right. talk about some of the things that you do that, that, that work for people. So at its core essence, the most important thing to understand about injuries is that one, you can come back from anything. You know, I've worked with a lot of athletes over the days, pro athletes, Olympians, gold medalists and everything. 
down to the housewife and you're going to get injured in some way, shape, form, and capacity going into training with that level of awareness that you could get injured if you did nothing and just sat on the couch. So you're going to get injured and it's just part of the process and you need to come back from it, I think is the first most important thing because people get one injury and all of a sudden they're like, see, I can't work out. I can't do this. Or they push all the blame onto the coach or they put all the, I mean, the greatest world-class athletes of all time get multiple injuries per season and play through them. And some of them then are out if they're really bad and they literally can't play through them because they're multi-million dollar machines. So that level of awareness, I think is step one. Now, uh, I've had to personally come through, you know, back from some pretty serious injuries, uh, doing a leg press back in 99, I brought my knees too close to my chest and heard the pop in my low back. Nice. I was training with a British pro bodybuilder at the time, living out in London. Mm -hmm. And, um, he said the best thing to do after you have, uh, that injury is to go do deadlifts next set and don't be a wuss. <laughs> I'm going to so, agree with you a hundred percent on that. Uh, what, one of the things I use, I love to reset my back. Yeah. Kettlebell swings, dead start, start, and then boom. You know, the dead start, some people call them dead stop. Yeah. Swings. Reset my back. You got to work your back. You got to, you got to attack it. I will attack yes. Got it. You have to work around injuries, tune in, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing, the idea of no pain, no gain from back in the day, not a big fan of that. It's like the goal isn't actual pain and sweatiness and tiredness. It's muscle activation in proper biomechanics and range of motion. So the first thing you need to do when you're coming back from any type of injury is to say, okay, first off, get evaluated. Make sure you really understand what is going on. A lot of times like, ah, I'm fine. And it could be a pretty minor injury that turns into a major injury because you do something like I did, which was I started doing heavy deadlifts right after a leg press and I fell right on my face because I was like, ah, mind over matter. No, mind over matter is not the way to do it. No, so I, I, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that. Yeah, please. I come from the era of no pain, no gain. I, yeah. I was in those gyms and I'm, I'm 60 years old. So I was of that, you know, push through the pain, uh, load it up, max every week, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff and wound yeah. up giving me quite a few injuries, you know, and uh, sidelined me a few times. I had, to, I had to figure out how to work around a lot of these injuries, especially, you know, you, you get a slap tear in your labrum, you know, you do something to your back, you have to work around this stuff, like you said, um, and sometimes you can't always attack it, but back a lot of times I'll attack, but um, the no pain, no gain notion. You know, and you talk, you hit on something, muscle activation, okay? Yes. Muscle activation is key. That's why form and function over reps. Yes. Yes. Reps, people really mess up on the rep thing. Rep is all about time under tension. So you do a very basic third grade mathematics equation and say, how long am I going up? How long am I staying still? And how long am I, am I you know, coming down? And you figure out how long that muscle's under tension. And so many people, they focus on the reps and they move at such a chaotic ballistic pace where their mechanics are awful that, yeah, you're going to get injured. And your 15 reps, for example, at way too light of a weight, it's almost like you're moving yourself as this human shake weight. You're not really even activating the muscles. No. Yeah, it's funny because when we were doing our workout this morning, we were using the uh, cross core, which is like a TRX and steroids. It's mm. time under tension. And then we're doing squats, rack wow. squat, boom, have a 32 pound, a 32 kg kettlebell. So it's like 70 pounds holding at the bottom. 
Oof. and coming up, okay? Sets of five each side. Time under yeah. tension, full range of motion. And actually, we're actually helping to make, make it so you don't get injured, which is a whole nother. Yes. Yes. And what you're doing right there is the ultimate in anti-aging. That's what people aren't understanding. Right? If you've got that type of stability under load, that's amazing. Amazing for any age. So incredible. So that's, and that's, you know, and here I'm training with this, you know, 18 year old stud, you know, and we're working out together like that. So I love he's that. A, he's the only person I work out with, except my son's coming in, but he, you know, he's lives in Maine now, but he's mm. coming in for Christmas. So we'll work out. I love it. Yeah. Be awesome. But um, so now let's say, uh, what are some of the things you like to do for shoulders? Okay. Cause I'll have, I'll have people come in and I say, Oh, I can't do push-ups because I have bad shoulders or I can't raise my hand you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, my shoulders are bad. Um, where I, I've always been, uh, uh, and actually didn't, not always, can't say always, because I came this through study and training. Yes, so, yes. Uh, uh, packing the shoulders, engaging the lats, and making the back take a lot of this, as opposed to the small muscles in the shoulder, to help build the area. Um, and what do you do when you have somebody come in, you know, that is, oh, gosh, I can't do a push-up because of my shoulders. Absolutely. The, the first most important thing you nailed on the head, which is what muscles are you really focused on? And are you packed? Are you locked and loaded? Or is your body in a safe position to be even starting the movement? Which is, again, why the form and the pace and everything in the control is so important. That is one thing that the bodybuilding community understands very well at its foundation and has really pushed through the years is the basic idea of like, are you actually getting into the muscle? Now, when you get into the fitness space, it gets to a whole nother level of truly understanding the biomechanics and what joints are moving and what, how things are going. So yeah, starting with first packing that shoulder so things are safe as they're moving. One of the things I find is, you know, when we get down to the why, I can't do this movement because it hurts my shoulder or it hurts my mm -hmm. neck. And a lot of time that's because they're a desk jockey and their range of motion is really small. So what I find is, again, the higher you're moving up, the more you're going to get that shoulder and that trap involvement. So if they can't do a push-up or they can't do a press or anything from that 90-degree angle, mm -hmm. just slowly start moving in and get a little bit more tricep involved and just bring it in, pack it in a little bit tighter. It may not be the old-school wide push-up. It may not be a standard push-up. But the more they move things in, I find the safer it becomes on that shoulder, the more they're locked in and they can just activate that way. And so what I would do for that point is I always tell people, start with a smaller weight, make sure you're feeling the right muscles mm -hmm. and that it's not hurting. You're not getting a sharp shooting pain, but you're getting muscle activation and then just start increasing your weight back up from there. But those small tweaks go such a long way, oh, which yeah. is why it's people. Just looking at somebody else in the gym is not going to cut it. Hire somebody world-class who can look at what you're doing and make sure you're doing it properly. It's, uh, you know, I would not look at a professional artist and try to then paint, you know, <laughs> like them because of what I see them doing at the thing next to me. It doesn't work that way. You need to learn the mechanics. Yeah, mine would like mine would look like someone threw up on the canvas. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. They'd be like, that is beautiful for a first grader who is blind. Well done. Impressive. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, uh, you, you hit on something. Let me, I'm going to grab one thing and then I want to hit it. Hit Please. On here. So, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm having to do the push up, like you brought it, brought a point in, bringing it in. I, I tell them, put your elbow pits forward because then I know I'm dialed in. Yeah. Protecting that shoulder as opposed to being wide. Like, see, because, you, you know, when people come here and they, they have their arms out here, it's terrible for your shoulders. I use push ups to actually strengthen that area if you're doing them properly. Um, you brought up something. Totally agree. One thing, one thing that I want to add to that that's yeah. uh, important because you were talking about how you were training with your nephew's defensive, you know, lineman. How does somebody push somebody in real life, a lineman pushing another lineman? They don't have their elbows up here going through this motion. They're in, they're tight, and they're pushing. So one of the best ways to understand it outside the gym is like, how would you do it outside the gym? And and again, I'm not a fighter at like a, a pro fighter, let alone a bar fighter, but I wouldn't go up to somebody and push them like this. So yeah, it's, oh, makes it's no sense. Like everything that. Yeah. In tight. Everything in tight. Fighting is fight tight. Exactly. It's a hundred percent true, man. It's awesome analogy. Now you brought up something about the desk jockey, because it also brings us to another point. People's posterior chain is just so deactivated, deconditioned, you know, uh, you know, they forget about, you know, what's happening with their back, their hips, their, their hamstrings. And then they wonder why they have back problems when you're sitting in a chair all the time and not moving around. Un unquestionably, the analogy I like to use for people of what's going on with their hamstrings when they're seated all day long, or even more so with their hip flexor, right? If you think about your hip flexor, your hip flexor is as I'll, I'll tell people, like, imagine you're doing a bicep pose like this and you're holding it for like eight hours. <laughs> now, after eight hours, try to get your arms to move even after three minutes. You're like, oh, well, that's what you're doing with your hip flexors all day long when you're sitting down all day long. And for me, simple electric desk starts moving up and down. It's the easiest <laughs> thing ever. You get it for a couple hundred bucks at Costco, call it a day. And then you're, you you're working sitting and standing. You're not seated the whole day. Yeah, well, I'm actually kind of lucky in what I do because I get up every so often. I mean, the longest I'm sitting here is like an hour. I'm up doing something. Nice. I'll do, um, I'll even go over to my other side and I'll do some push-ups, sit-ups, squats, whatever it is, you know, and then I come back to my desk or I'm teaching in front of the classroom, uh, you know, in the college and I'm just, I'm moving the whole time. I hardly ever sit. I love it. That's where ADHD is a superpower. It's like, I can't sit for more than 45 minutes. Cool. Oh, I'm going to go do something cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would have been, oh, definitely. If I were born now, I would be, have ADHD, this, that, right. but I just you know, move. I have energy. I'm moving around all the time. I'm Absolutely. I'm in the house. <laughs> yes. You are a light being. You are energy. You are moving at all times. Your cells are always moving. So that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing versus an obedient, like, you know, tell me what to do and I'll sit here and do it all day long. Like, yeah, no, not going to happen. <laughs> so I can't work for anybody. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This way I was talking to another buddy of mine who does, uh, you know, film production and stuff. He goes, yeah, he goes, you know, I made my own company because no one would hire me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I fired myself from working for a corporation after about a year. That's as long as I lasted in corporate America. I was like, let's leave and burn every bridge just so I never have a reason to go back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It is the best thing you ever did. So, <laughs> so now, um, how about some uh, lower extremity situations like uh, 
uh, like, let's say, you know, with your knees, let's say, you know, a lot of people as they get older, we address some back stuff, you know, the posterior chain. Um, how about somebody with, with knee issues? Because, you know, and it's something that a lot of people don't understand is that every other joint either favors stability or mobility. And if you have a lack of mobility in your ankles and or hips, it's going to adversely affect your knees because that when you move, if you can't move your hips or your ankles, they don't have the mobility, the mobility is going to go through the knee and then you're going to cause issues there. So what are some of the things that you do with clients who have these knee issues? Absolutely. Great question because the knee issues, first and foremost, I, I like to start with like, okay, what's going on? What, what are you doing? Where can we, where can we turn off the faucet? Right. If you have somebody who's a desk jockey, who's totally out of shape, who's got 30, 40, 60 pounds to lose. And they're like, well, you know, I go jog. The first thing I do is let's turn off that faucet and let's say, focus on resistance training and walking. Why put that high impact on turn that faucet off first. That's creating the inflammation or they'll be like, I play pickup basketball. And I'm like, your 40, 50, 60 pound backpack that's on you playing pickup basketball, moving multi-directional, let's stop that until the backpack's gone, until you've lost the weight. So turning off the faucet's the first thing that I would focus on. And then the thing that is so important is to understand harmony. You need harmony between strength and mobility. And I know the age that, that you grew up in as well as when I got into weightlifting way too young, mobility? What the heck is that? I've only got an hour and 45 minutes to lift weights and do 8 million sets. Why would I use one of those two hours of my training time for three minutes of mobility? God, no, what a waste of time. But fortunately, we've evolved from that. So the importance of mobility is just huge. So much of that is, again, can you do little mobility movements throughout the day? So you're turning off the faucet of I'm sitting eight, 10 hours a day. And then the last thing that I like to focus on when it comes to the knee joints specifically is, you know, reciprocal inhibition. One muscle's tight, one muscle's weak. And I would just look at like, where, where are you weak? Where are your weaknesses? And how can we turn those into strengths? A lot of times they literally have no activation of certain muscles whatsoever. Their hamstrings just don't turn on because they're just sitting all day long. They're doing nothing for it. So they, if, if those posterior chain muscles aren't working, especially like hamstrings or glutes, a lot of movement for legs that should be in your hip joint are all that torque is on your knee joint. So if you can switch biomechanics up and say, let's get the movement, let's get ankle stability and let's get the movement coming in your hip and take all that torque off of your knee, you're going to be moving and feeling so much better. And I always say, go back to the basics, like these, these hyper dynamic functional athlete moves are amazing for somebody who's ready for them. But if your mechanics are crap and you have all these injuries, go back to being like a beginning snowboarder and just start with level one and just do a basic body weight squat properly and then add in load and, and tweak things from there. And it's like one of the hardest things if somebody's a former athlete is humility. And if you can just step back and say, you know what? It's like me and yoga. I couldn't do yoga in a class setting because I was like, I'm an athlete, but I get in here and I'm the worst yoga athlete ever. And, and it's, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> and, and my ego was just 
frustrated for like 10 years. So I didn't do any yoga. And I was like, well, why did I stop at that? I'm like, of course you suck at something you haven't done. So I went back and I'm like, all right, just start with the basics. And I did some little follow along yoga videos. And I was like, okay, I now went from God awful to like mildly embarrassing. <laughs> and it's like, I, at least I'm okay with that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's like, just because you're amazing at one thing, humble yourself and get good at new things and look at it through a lens different than I was. If I would have just looked at it through the lens of this is cool. I get to try something new, no expectations. Like, like Michael, like, imagine the level I'd be. Yeah. Jordan like in baseball. Jordan, right. When he went from basketball to baseball, you need a little help there. <laughs> right. Right. But how impressive if you look back at that, I'm, I'm Chicago born and raised. Yes, so yes. like, if you look back at the idea of like, to go from being the greatest athletes in all of sports to then being a mediocre athlete and having to be patient in the midst of all of that, while everyone's judging you and you're in this national spotlight, even though you're triple A or whatever, yeah. that's amazing. That's fortitude. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, look, he's he's one of my favorite athletes of all time. Michael yeah. Jordan. You know, for a lot Good. of reasons, you know, from, you know, from the fact that he got cut from his high school basketball team and then, and then came back. I mean, he was always the first one in, the last one. I call it Philo, first in, last out. You know, yep. uh, the guy just had an incredible work ethic. I mean, he won six championship rings. He brought everyone else around him up. Uh, you know, I mean, the things that he did in that short amount of time. The, the, only, the only athlete I would maybe put above him was Jim Thorpe. Oh. Jim Thorpe was definitely very impressive. And I don't know if I would put him, put him above him, but also as far as just sheerly impressive athletes who, who did so much outside of just the sport, uh, Jim Brown. Oh, Jim Brown. One of my favorites. Unbelievable. And by the way, I was on a golf course with Jim Brown a few years ago. Jim Brown can golf too now still with all those joint injuries and all those sports injuries, he still can golf and kick butt. He's unbelievable. You you know that they changed the rules of lacrosse because of Jim Brown. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he would just pin the ball to his chest and run and knock everyone over and score. <laughs> <laughs> so so they said you had to cradle it out here. He, oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. One of the I one of the classes I teach in college is uh, uh, sports fundamentals. So we uh, wow. every single sport that there is. And uh, I mean, the guy was just an incredible athlete. And he only did nine seasons. And then, and they're talking about the guy who broke his rushing record, Franco Harris, just died, which is just um, passed. I, love, I love Franco de Bronco. And tomorrow is the is the 50 year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember that game. It was like it was crazy. It was against the Raiders, and the Steelers 50 won. Fifty years. Yeah, fifty years. Nuts, and he was supposed to be honored. You know, they were they were going to retire his number, and it's supposed to be his weekend. Now it's going to be a memorial. Oh, oh, that's well. terrible, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know what though? Hey, you know what? You can only play the cards you're dealt. Well, you can't say he left anything on the table. So nope. yeah, exactly. Gotta give, gotta give it up there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you something. One other thing. Uh, how about footwear? What kind of footwear do you recommend? Uh, you know, personally, I like to be barefoot or I wear wrestling shoes. Yep. I like to take advantage of proprioception. 
it kind of helps me with everything else in my body. I mean, are you of that same ilk? I mean, I see some people, they have always like cross training shoes and this, that, and the other thing. But um, I like to have as little on the bottom of my feet as possible. I, I love that. Uh, I'll tell you first off what not to wear. Okay. This is what you don't want to wear for anybody <laughs> looking here. You don't want to wear slippers. Don't train that way. I've I've had women show up and they're like, all I have are my high heels. No, we're going barefoot, period. I don't care if you have. <laughs> yeah. So back in the day when I had a training studio, that was a huge factor for me is like get into and feel what you're doing. So right now I do some coaching virtually with, yeah. you know, entrepreneurs who are all over the place. And I always say, let's start with either barefoot, a shoe that doesn't have too much support yeah. or like, Again, depending, that's a wrestling shoe is fantastic. I just think at the end of the day, right, we have so many joints in our foot for a reason. Mm -hmm. We need to be feeling into what we are doing. That is one place I will give massive props to the kettlebell community is that kettlebells focus, the kettlebell community focuses so much on foot positioning and, and, and alignment and the importance of the foot. Now, I understand why, because if you've got a really heavy bell and you're barefoot, you better be paying attention to your feet because <laughs> you're going to lose your toes. So I can see where that probably stems from, some trial and error. But yeah, I will say, uh, I think that's such a great thing because think about what the average person is wearing shoe-wise in a typical day. They're wearing these dress shoes, especially women, shoes that were designed by men not to be comfortable, but look really pretty. And, <laughs> oh, oh I, I hope there's an evolution there because- Boy, oh boy. Uh, it's got to find somewhere between the, the way it uh, appeals to yes. the eye of a man and uh, the functionality. So we have to, you know, we have to try to find something's going to work here a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, so many issues with that the shorting of the Achilles and so forth, the, the pressure on the ball of the foot, the squeezing of the toes. I mean, there's a whole host of issues that come uh, from wearing those, uh, you know, those, you know, pumps but i'm not going to use the word right, <laughs> right. Those well, well i trained in the reebok pumps back in the day if you remember yeah, that yeah, yeah. Thing. with that thing you know, like, like it's like let's put a blood pressure cup on my ankle and wonder yeah. why my training is all messed up so <laughs> hey kyle um you know before we wrap things up can is um you know, is there any message you want to give the people or tell them where they can where they can reach you and uh, how they can get in touch with you and how they can. You know, Absolutely. Well, first off, this was a blast and thank you everybody for listening. I'll leave you with one little pearl of wisdom is when you are going to train on a specific day, unless you are competing in a top level sport, the first coach you need to listen to is your own self and your own body, because we have so many different variables going on in a day. And if you're incredibly sick or different things like that, don't follow the old school, no pain, no gain, because your chance of actually getting injured is huge if you don't tune into yourself first. And sometimes the best workout is to sit back and say, all right, I'm just going to go through ranges of motion and move and get mobility and different things like that. Tune into how you're doing physically, mentally, and emotionally. So that's, that's that last little pearl of wisdom for injury and injury prevention and healing that I want to sit you all with. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, best thing to do is go to rapid.harmony on Instagram or look up uh, under Kyle Emanuel Brown on uh, Facebook. And I know we'll have all the links here. 
And you can reach out to me anytime at rapidharmony.com. So again, awesome. totally appreciate taking the time today, Phil. Okay. Thanks for having me. And what we'll do, once you email me that stuff in the description of the podcast, I'll I'll have all of your, you know, Ab absolutely Facebook and LinkedIn and whatever, you know. Beautiful. Um, well, I'll tell you what, it was great to have you on. I appreciate your time and your wisdom. It was fantastic. And uh guys, thank you for, for listening. And again, thank you for Kyle. It's his first time here. I'm sure we'll have him back. This is Master Phil in your corner, signing off. Strength and honor. Nice.